before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Today, I have got Coach Sean Leota with me. Coach Leota is entering his third season as the head football coach at Burrow High School in Pennsylvania. Uh, he's a veteran of 22 years of coaching experience at the high school level, the college level, and the professional level. He spent time as an offensive coordinator at Clareton High School in Pennsylvania, where he helped develop the No Huddle, No Mercy offense that became one of the most prolific offenses in the history of high school football, scoring an unbelievable amount of points, 958 points in 2014, which was the second highest scoring team in the history of high school football. Uh, he's also spent time coaching at Springdale High School, um, Salzburg Area High School, McKeesport High School, and spent a, a time at Duquesne University in 2013, helping the Dukes capture the NCAA D1AA Mid-Major National Championship. He also spent nine seasons as a head coach at the Erie, of the Erie Explosion, uh, coaching professional indoor football, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. Uh, but just a, 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 you talk about offensive football. This is a guy you want to talk to. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, Coach, and, and hope everything's going well with you. Oh, absolutely, Coach. It's my pleasure to be on. I'm looking forward to it. You know, you certainly, um, you know, do great things with the hog football chat. Um, and I'm looking forward to being part, part of this podcast here with you. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, first question I got to ask you, and, and you've been a part of some prolific offenses at, at all levels. Uh, talk to me about how um, the, the part the offensive line played in the success of those teams and those offenses. Well, I mean, absolutely. Everything starts up front. I think that's probably the oldest cliche in football, but probably the truest. Um, you know, and someone mentioned this to me before, you know, they said, well, what would you rather have coming back? Would you rather have, you know, your quarterback back and, and all your skill guys, all your receivers, or would you rather have your quarterback back and your offensive line back? And, and if you told me I had to pick between one or the other, I'm going to take, give me my quarterback and my offensive line back. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a believer we can develop those other kind of guys right. with what we do. But um, I, I don't think there's any type of substitute for having guys that can play up front, um, guys that get after it, guys that understand your scheme. And, um, you know, for us, that's always been a big deal. Just uh, we don't try to throw a lot of things at our guys. Um, we spend a lot of time on fundamentals. We spend a lot of time individual and group work. And we just try to get really good at what we do. So, right. um, you know, for us, it's critical. You know, those guys up front really are um, critical because they make everything go. Right. And, and that's, you know, that is, that kind of brings me to my first question. You know, you talk about the the, the kind of simplicity of it. Um, you know, you're, you're well known around the country um, for the no huddle, no mercy offense, which is, you know, a, a fast paced, you know, high octane offense. Where, how did you develop that? And, and why did you guys go that direction of, of that, that tempo style offense. Sure. And, and, you know, in, in football comes in waves and football, football, you know, what's, what's new again is old again. What's old again is new again. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, there was a, there was a period where, you know, when I 22 years ago when I first started, there wasn't a lot of guys. We, we were the only no huddle team. Um, I was a high school head coach at age 23. Um, 
we were the only no huddle team in our area. There, there right. was no one else was doing it. Um, it was really unique. It was really um, something that gave us an advantage. But then, obviously, as things trickle down from the college level, you, you start to see more and more high school teams were doing it. And then it got to the point where everybody was doing it. Right. <laughs> Everybody's some sort of a no huddle. And um, I think one thing that always kind of separated us was we have the ability, we, we have the ability to go really, really fast. I mean, that's like, like, we're not a team. We're not a check with me team. We're not a get up and look over, take, you know, 20 seconds to get the play called. Like we are, we are a true, you know, play fast, the ball's down. We have that threat every single snap mm-hmm. that we can do that. Now we don't do it every snap, but, but we have that threat to do it. And I think it kind of makes us a little different now, but I think what you're starting to see now coaches I think teams are starting to go away from the no huddle, which is fine. That, that's, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, go back and, you know, I wish more people would get back and get in the huddle and get away from it because it'll make it uh, unique again. Right. You know, um, so, I, you know, I'm all for, uh, you know, teams kind of moving away from it and, you know, going back to more of a, more of a standard huddle because we're going to keep doing it. Right. Um, the, reason I, the reason I think that it's, it, it, you know, it makes, it makes a lot easier for you as a play caller uh, because, we can dictate, you know, it becomes paint by numbers with the defense that you see in terms of fronts. You know, they can't stem around a lot. They can't do a lot of different things. Um, a lot of the blitz structures become almost uh, auto checks or predetermined to, to hash or um, field zone or formation. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of pick up on those a little bit easier. Coverages become much easier. You can't disguise a lot you know, when you have to just get lined up. So um, a lot of times you set an extreme tempo, you're really forcing your opponent to just worry about getting lined up. Right. Right. And, and, it, and it just, and it doesn't, you know what? And I, you know, it was about two months ago, I was at a Nike clinic and um, I saw the coach from North Dakota state speaking and they're the opposite of a no huddle. Now, obviously extremely successful national champion, you know, but they talked about, um, someone brought up, well, what, what, what gives you, what changes your defensive philosophy? Um, does a really fast, up-tempo, no-huddle team change what you do? And he said, yeah, absolutely. He said, because what our typical defensive game plan sheet against a regular opponent might be two sides. Mm-hmm. When we play a hurry-up, no-huddle, it's the top of the page. So, so even you're talking at the, you know, one of the highest levels of football, They've got to shrink what they do. Now, I'm right. talking – I'm a high school football coach, so I know that my opponents have to shrink what they do. Um, so that, that's why we do it. It just limits, um, limits what we see. Um, it allows us to get away with being able to run a smaller amount of plays and just mm-hmm. get really good at those. Um, and I think it gives us an advantage. Now, do you, do you go into every week with sort of a – we want to run X number of plays or do you just kind of say we need to, it doesn't matter how many plays we run, we have to score X number of points. And that's, that's our goal. Is it, is it points or plays? Yeah. You know what? Well, it, it's really, it's really neither. I mean, you know, I tell our kids we're, we're, we're trying to play fast. You know, we, mm-hmm. we use the term play fast. It's on our apparel. It's, it's in our locker room. It, it's everywhere. I mean, it's just a, it's a mantra for us. We want to play fast. We want to get after it. However many points that means that we score, we score as long as we score more, more, one more than they do. Right. Um, so we don't, we don't put a number on it. As far as number of plays, 
we don't put a number on that either because what I found is, you know, we'll play teams in their their games to try to slow it down. So um, a lot of times we play people, particularly at our level, because we're at 3A school. So, you know, our kids are playing both ways, a lot mm -hmm. of them. So, and their, and their kids are playing both ways. So they want to kind of slow the tempo down just because their kids aren't built to, to play that type of tempo. They're, they're not, you know, conditioned. Mm -hmm. They're not used to it. Where, where it's an advantage for us, because I always get that question from guys. I'll say, well, I'm at a smaller school, and I worry my guys are going both ways. And, you know, you want to go really fast. Well, that means they're going both ways. And I say, I always ask the question, are there guys going both ways? And they say, well, yeah. I said, well, <laughs> I, can promise, I can promise you, if you practice and you have this type of a mentality, your kids are going to be in a lot better shape than their kids. I, right. I can promise you that. Your kids are going to be conditioned for it. So you're going to see the advantages in the second quarter, in the fourth quarter, because you're going to wear those guys down. Um, probably the only time I wouldn't do this is if I was a school where my guys were all playing both ways and I'm playing you and you're all too platooning. Like you got way more kids. Right. Than I got. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's an advantage for you, but fortunately, we don't see that in our area of Pennsylvania. Like we don't, we don't play teams from that higher of a classification where we would run into that issue. Okay, okay, yeah, that's always that's always interesting. It's it's because I, you know, I was on the same, the same model. I tried to to do um, the no huddle and and the hurry up offense with with a smaller roster of players, and and you know, sure. it's probably looking back on it, it was probably our our kind of fumble as coaches if you want to call it that for not getting them better better physically uh trained and better in, in better condition so sure, um, sure. we had a little bit of success but yeah it's it's tough it's not something you can just kind of do on a whim <laughs> you gotta you gotta prepare for no it. no it's gotta be and i hate to use this word because everybody uses it but it's almost got to be like a culture right for your program you know what i mean you can't you can't just decide that well we're gonna turn this on now and do right this. you know right. what i mean Absolutely. It's gotta be it's got to be something that's ingrained in your kids, and um, but but your kids love it. See, what you, what you find is kids will come over to be like, coach. They're tired, right? Like I can tell, you know, coach, they're worn out. Like particularly the line, particularly the big boys, they love it because they're like, coach, you know what, man? They are so tired. They're not even getting a rush. Like like the one kid time the kid didn't even run. You know, they'll come back and tell you those things. Like yeah. coach, he didn't rush last last series. It's you know? and it's almost it's almost like your guys get stronger when that starts happening. Even if they've even sure. if they've played the same amount of snaps and done the same amount of things, they 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 start to get a little stronger. It's like blood in the water, my oh, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's like sharks got blood in the water. They can sense. You know, people are good at sensing weakness. You know, if you show weakness, it's amazing how that almost strengthens your opponent. You know what absolutely, I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy how that works sometimes, but it's always that you know that's that's part of the game. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I the other question I had for you, real quick, kind of getting away from from the the uh, offense a little bit, but talk to me a bit about you know the thing that I, looking at your bio that kind of jumped out that I had to ask about was your time as the arena coach. Um, Talk to me about that and, and, you know, your experiences with that and how you were able to – because I'm assuming you were still coaching high school ball at the same time, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, talk to me just kind of how you guys – how you balanced that as a coach and, and, and made it work because you guys had a ton sure. of success with, with the, the sure. indoor program as well. Sure, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I got involved in that in 2007. 
uh, was a head coach for nine years, uh, a couple different cities, all, all local to, to, to the schools I was coaching at, the, the high school game. So it wasn't, you know, I was able to do that, you know, okay. and, um, you know, I was able to do both and manage both because the seasons were in the off season. You know, we would play, we would go to training camp typically in February and the season would wrap up in like June or July. Okay. So, so it would wrap up. It was totally opposite seasons, but it was a great experience. I and mean, I got to coach a lot of really good football players. I mean, we had guys that, you know, were with us and ended up going to NFL teams or CFL teams, ended up being CFL defensive player of the year, one year, a guy that was with us. Um, you know, and, and the cool thing about it is I've probably coached um, oh, just a ton of guys that are, that are now like college head coaches or mm-hmm. – or, you know, college assistant coaches or successful high school coaches. And I still stay in touch with all those guys. And, you know, it was just, a, just a great group of guys. It's a lot of fun. It's a, if you're an offensive guy, it's a really fun game. I mean, we scored 138 points in a game, which was an all-time, oh my gosh. Um, all-time record for, um, I think, the last team that scored more points than that was a team in Canton, Ohio, in like 1922 or something like that. Wow. Um, so it was – yeah, it's been a while since since somebody has scored that many, um, but it is a lot of fun. I mean, it's um, you know it was a high level football. Guys mm-hmm. were competing, but it's minor league football, you know. So you dealt with the the wild bus rides, long bus rides sometimes. Uh, if you weren't flying to the game, which more often than not you were taking a bus, um, and I'm talking to some far places, right. And uh, you meet a lot of characters, you know, doing that too, which is, uh, you know, a lot of fun. But it, it was a good deal. I enjoyed, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, unfortunately, just with the way that game is, it's, you know, the business model of it's right. not great the way it is, right? That's why you see the Arena League folding up and, you know, things like that. It's just, um, it, it's tough in the current model um, for it to work, I think, for a lot of these businessmen and owners. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember watching it. Um, you know, watching the arena arena league on TV every Sunday in the in the spring, and it sure. was always it was always an interesting game to watch, and and um, and so it, it just for me looking at that in your bio, it it, it kind of jumped out at me. Just I, I couldn't I guess I couldn't imagine being I'm not <laughs> I'm not that good at at my uh, at my organization or, or or time management enough to be a coach for you know especially a head coach. Uh, for those two separate teams where, you know, sure. the, the one level you've got the high school problems, but sure. on the opposite side, you've got the real life adult, adult problems. So. Sure. And it's two different things. See, the, the, the deal with the arena thing is, listen, it's a business. So, so mm-hmm. either guys, either guys fell in line with what we expected them to do and they performed or they, they weren't a part of the team anymore. Right. We got some new guys in, you know what I mean? So in, in some ways that's a good thing. You know, because, like, we didn't have to develop players or anything. Like, when you're coaching that, the, the, the pro stuff, you don't have to – there is no such thing as we're not developing players. Like, we're – it's all scheme. Mm-hmm. It's all, like, it's at that level, it's all scheme. It's all just trying to get yourself in the best position to win and get the best players. Um, you know, if you got the best players, you got a good chance to win. I don't care what level of football you are. And I always tell like, guys that about high school. You know, in high school, you're stuck with who you got you know, at least in Pennsylvania. So, so our job as a high school coach, my job as a high school coach is I have to develop players, you know, because I've only got the players that are walking my halls. So I've, we've got to be able to take, you know, these young freshmen and sophomores and 
get them ready to play football either immediately or when they're juniors or seniors so that they can help our program and ensure that they keep getting better each and every year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you're talking at that level, those guys are already developed. You know, they're there. Um, and we're not stuck with them. Like you at college, you're kind of stuck with them once you get them. You know, you're kind of – you can pick them too, but you're kind of stuck with them. Right. We're not stuck. We're not stuck with them when we do that. We can get, we can send them on the first uh, plane or, or or train or whatever it is out of there. Right. Yeah. You can you can you can get get the new guy up. Or yeah, exactly. Well, we're stuck with <laughs> who we got. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, coach, my my last question, um, and then I'll kind of give you the 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 platform to talk a little bit. But talk sure. to me. Tell me. It, it, you know, you've coached for a long time. If you could put together a a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen uh, from guys you've coached or guys you've, uh, you know, you maybe played with or guys maybe you're just a, a, a fan of as a, as a, as an NFL guy or college guy, who would be on that five man offensive line? Oh, Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, cause I've got guys that I've coached. I've, I've had a lot of really, really good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even from the arena stuff, the high school stuff. Um, I'm always, you know, because the guys that I would say that I coached in high school, I wouldn't want to single out a guy or two, but we've had so many that are just – what I love about high school, see, is you can take, like, the 160-pound kid, yeah. you know, the guard, and, and he's just tough as nails. And, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to sit there and, and scratch, claw, fight all night long. I have a lot of kids like that on my offensive line now that are undersized kids. I mean, right. you know, we had a kid this past season, he was, he played at probably 170. He's a three sport athlete, um, but he was a tackle for us and, you know, was an all conference kid and did it, did a great job. So I, I wouldn't want to name any names, but, but what I'll say in terms of, you know, guys that certainly growing up or, or linemen that I really respect, I'm a lifelong Cincinnati Bengals fan. I live, okay. in, Pittsburgh. I live in Pittsburgh. So it sounds kind of weird. You know, to say that. <laughs> Um, but I am, I'm a big, big Bengals fan. And, um, Anthony Munoz obviously is, uh, you know, you think offensive line play, that's a, you know, um, that's a guy that, that really, uh, you know, stands out to me. Yep. Um, but as far as guys that I personally coach, I wouldn't want to really single any of them out to say, put them on the, on the, on the Mount Rushmore. And I think that's kind of what, uh, makes that position so great is there's so many good ones that it's almost hard to do that. You know what I mean? It's just so, um, it's just so hard to do because, you know, each and every year we're really relying on, you know, five, six, seven of those kids really just to, to propel our team to, to success, you know, and, um, they're always, if you have a weak link in that group, you know, like I tell our guys, if, if one of you are the weak link, the thing about offensive line play, they're going to expose that weak link. And just oh, yeah. like on a chain, just like on a chain, our opponent is going to apply pressure to that area of the chain. There's nothing we can do. You know what I mean? Like you can't hide. You're, right. you know, you're, you're there. Um, you know, if I have a receiver that's not that good or, you know, I – I can kind of hide him. You know, I can, I can have him do things that he does well. Maybe he doesn't catch the ball well, but maybe he's a heck of a blocker. Well, I can get him out there and use him 
you know, on some things that way. Or maybe we have a kid that he's strictly all he can do is run by people. So we put him out there and we let him run by people, you know, on, on um, vertical routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe he can't block, but maybe he can't block. So we don't put him in there for running a jet sweep or a screen or something out to his side. Can't do that on the offensive line. Right. You know what I mean? You can't, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're there, you know, you're there. And, um, you know, like I said, if you're the weak link, they're going to expose you. Um, so I would say if I was picking one, I'd have to have all the kids, you know, I'd, I'd have the biggest mountain in the world because any of the kids that we had, uh, would certainly, um, you know, would certainly be up there just cause it's just such a position that, um, doesn't get enough credit. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, you obviously know, they just, it just never, those kids never get enough credit and, and they really give you, you know, everything they have. And it's not about yards and it's not about touchdowns and it's about winning. Um, so, you know, that's probably not the answer you were looking for, but I, I would have probably every kid that I've had up there, um, you know, on that mountain. No, I love it. Every I've gotten, you know, I've interviewed a lot of coaches and I've gotten a different, a different answer from everybody. So it's, it's, I appreciate it. It's great. Sure. So, sure. um, all right, real, real quick before we get out of here, Coach, do me a favor. Drop your Twitter information uh, or your Twitter handle and any, sure. uh, you know, any information you want these guys to know, especially about the book. You got it, Coach. Yeah, uh, the Twitter is Sean Liotta, S-H-A-W-N-L-I-O-T-T-A, all one word. Uh, go ahead and follow me on there. I, I put some content out. Um, I've got some content available. I've got a lot of things on CoachTube, on the CoachTube platform. Um, there's one pinned to my profile right now. It's called The Vault, the No Huddle, No Mercy Vault. There's about 14 hours of video content, clinics, cut-ups, and counting, plus a copy of the ebook um, version of the book that I had come out titled No Huddle, No Mercy. Um, if you want to buy an actual hard copy of that book, um, it's about 140 pages. Um, John Jenkins uh, my man, John Jenkins, a good friend of mine, was the head coach of University of Houston, mm-hmm. um, old run and shoot guy. He wrote the foreword for the book, which is very entertaining. It's about 20 pages in and of itself. Um, you know, very well done. Um, you, can, you can get the hard copy book at nohuddlenomercy.com. And um, I appreciate being on with you, Coach. If I can help anyone out, you know, feel free to uh, go ahead and contact me there on Twitter. Look forward to connecting with you. Awesome, Coach. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Um, and and you know, good luck this upcoming season. Hopefully you guys are all staying healthy. Um, and uh, look forward to talking to you more down the road. You as well, Coach. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe. And you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.